Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist by kineticist and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Be it negative or positive attention, I think attention is what everyone thrives of. Be it in any avenue, going out, socialising, work, sport, as long as there is some sort of attention on you, you do believe you are excelling. You've done incredibly, having started with that motive to then go from, from park run, from park run, a 5k to running comrades and was, it was an up run that you yeah. ran. And you did that yeah. within the space of pretty much one year. Yeah. That's what just led me to get weaker and weaker. I mean, to the point where now my kidneys are failing and they're at 8%. We, we are not stronger than our bodies. Um, I think that's one thing I walk away through this whole thing is we can be stronger than our thoughts. Like, I'm going to do this. But you know, mm. when your body says no, it's no. And I think that's the biggest thing is my body just gave me another chance. Do you think that carbon fiber shoes can make a difference in your running speed? You should try Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions for your home or business. They're fast, effective, and take the podium for the best customer service in the game. Nicola! Davide! How are you, sir? I am very well, Davy. How are you? I'm better than the guest that we're <laughs> having on today. Yeah, our, our guest, uh, she she went through a bit of a rough patch at Comrades. I mean, we, we all did. But her yeah, rough did. patch, her rough patch came in after comrades and actually. put her in hospital in ICU. ICU for days. She's still busy recovering. We're over a month after comrades. She still hasn't been able to go for a run. Her name is is Training Tina. We'll we'll hear a bit more about because why is Training Tina. Her real name is Lauren. Yeah. Uh, Kufferman. She just got married, so I actually can't say that surname properly. But yeah, she is an Essex front runner. She has a really amazing story of how she started running, uh, her weight loss journey, um, tells us all about her life and her story from running park runs, two comrades, and this was her second comrades, which mm. pretty much put her in hospital. It's really inspirational, guys. She's also a teacher. She molds the youth of tomorrow, so to speak, in the running world. Which you're extremely passionate about. I am. You'll hear all about it. But also we have a we have a few disclaimers coming up for, for this current take podcast. It away, take it away. Uh, Put the legal stuff in. The legal stuff is, guys, we don't adv- advocate anybody running on antibiotics. That's just a conversation that we do have. Uh, you have to get the all clear from a medical doctor before being able to train on antibiotics. And also... <sighs> Listen to your body, man. Your body can only do so much. Your brain might be able to to perhaps shut down that little voice at the back of your head, but you know best. Listen to yourself. And if you also see little brown bits. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, little brown bits in your urine, it's not really bits, it's just colors where, where your urine starts to go a little bit browner. It's a sign of muscle breakdown, which so- is normal with high levels of training. It's a condition called rhabdomyosis. Uh, If you do have rhabdo, it is not necessarily a a death sentence. It is just a sign that you have been training hard. So if you can associate it to that, then it's it's okay. But yeah, uh, in any other case or scenario, it is not good. And as you'll hear today, can can lead to some seriously bad stuff with your kidney. And as always, if you have any concerns or any doubts uh, with 
Rabda, you know, run it by your medical professional. You won't quite know where that crossover is, but they will. So make sure that you, you get that medical advice when you need it. Let's hear it from, from the lady herself. Sit back, relax, and, and enjoy. enjoy the show. Cheers, guys. So we are in studio today with, with Lauren, a.k.a. Training Tina. It's a question that's, that's really been on everybody's mind that I know is why, why are you called Training Tina, Lauren? Well, I will say I actually did a story a while ago, who wants to know who I actually am? And no one said no. Actually, everyone was like, yes. We <laughs> of course, know because you come the from. name's Laura, not Tina. Yes. Then I was like, no, I can't make a post. Like, I can't tell people exactly where this all, like, comes from. But so are people going to hear it, hear it here first? Is this the exclusive? <laughs> Has making a runner got the exclusive? <laughs> She's looking over the shoulder. What, what are you looking for? A nod. <laughs> Confirmation. <laughs> You're here now, so. Ach, why not? The public domain. <laughs> okay, so here it goes. So um, it goes back to, I would say, school days. And um, sure. <laughs> she looks down at her hands, shaking. You can back out whenever you want, because now I'm nervous. <laughs> can I just make up a story? Is it appropriate? <laughs> Completely. Okay, carry on. So obviously I didn't do sport at school. I was like, no, I'm not that kid. I was... Oh my God, I think I know what it is. <laughs> is it Tina the talking... <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Oh my gosh. Do you know? I know. Tina, the talking tummy. Carry on. Yes. Sorry. She's still around. <laughs> no. Okay, carry on with the story. But was it was it the guy sitting behind us that called you? Yes. Yeah. I'm married to him now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what <Carry> a legend. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> carry on with your story because we need that context. Okay. So, um, disclaimer. He has apologized. <laughs> but shame, I do love him. Going to school, I didn't do sports. I wasn't interested. In fact, I was more into music, um, playing drums and the piano. And that was really good for my soul. And then first year spread was delicious. <laughs> and then <laughs> it kind of stuck around for varsity. Yeah, I, I hit a really bad stage in my life. And no one could help me besides myself. And I just thought I need to do something and just gym on its own just wasn't helping. And then I decided, okay, let me do parkrun. Now, where I used to live with my parents to, I always refer, refer to just checkers, is literally to this petrol station here. I couldn't even jog to the petrol station and back. I was like... So like not even a K? No. I like, who runs? It sounds <laughs> like me when I started running. <laughs> or what <laughs> you're going running, through now. We're going to get the premiere of Davey as well, maybe. <laughs> I hated running. So I, I started making a goal like, okay, my goal is to do parkrun, which quite funny is my goal now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I got to parkrun and then you and I spoke at the Essex conference and Within a year, uh, or just over a year, I made it to Comrades. And then I was like, I, I just can't stop. It's literally my lifeline. And it's it's changed my whole perspective. Like, even being a teacher in the classroom now, I, I, I back those kids in my class that struggle with weight or pimples or braces or anything that is classified as ugly. Those are my kids because I was there. And I will never, ever... Let a child experience what I went through. So I will always safeguard them, no matter what. Um, and even today, I think all, all of that still stems in me now. I will 
constantly make an effort like this month of bed rest has probably messed my mind up so much because on a Tuesday and a Thursday doing washing was my favorite day this month because Dev would walk with me to the wash line we would hang up washing and that was my exercise and other than that I would lie in bed for an hour get up for 10 minutes and go back and I'm not a person that sits and watches TV. It's a waste of time. I can be at the gym running, swimming, being active, and that's all being wiped away from me when I'm not an old woman. I'm prom in my like my youth, and I, I cannot do anything. Dave would help me go to the bathroom. Like I couldn't even bend Move. bend down back to trust myself. Yeah, you know, it's all those things that we just we take for granted as healthy individuals. Um, and you know, you never hope for anyone to be in that situation. But I, I think you know you've been through a lot of <laughs> difficulty in, in your life, and I, I'm sure as you as you've said, it it would have started at a young age. I'm assuming you also would have struggled with some bullying in in your in your early years I was as at well. All girls school, you can imagine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, did that did that fuel your fire to to change something? Because you you basically say that you know you realized eventually that you could only fix your own problem. There's no one else that was gonna do it for you. So what uh, made that pin drop? Um, I think, so, I, I just, okay, you, you, okay, Leah, you, you might understand, like, you're at school and you want to be, like, the popular girl, you, you want to be pretty, you want your hair long, you want your hair blonde, you, you want to have thigh gap, you, you know, you, you just want to be the person that everyone's looking to and talking to and getting attention, be it negative or positive attention, I think attention is what everyone thrives of, be it in any avenue, going out, socialising, work, sport, as long as there is some sort of attention on you, you do believe you are excelling. And even now, I, I always write a post and I'm like, yes, I'm actually speaking to myself yeah, not just you know, the general public, well, especially as women. But I always see people, mainly girls, using diagnosis in a wrong in the wrong text or saying oh, I, I can't help myself or it's because my job or it's because my relationship with food or my husband no one supports me and I'm just like I was there and excuses don't help you anyway so the best thing to do is just get up no matter where you are and just start from the beginning and if it's going to take you one year three years five years doesn't matter as long as you are going forward it's so much better than where you were and I think that's where I started. I mean, I had no expectation. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever run comrades. In fact, someone told me they'd run comrades before me. <laughs> and I'm Looks still waiting. Shoulder again. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Oof, so that's um, a challenge thrown down. I actually said to him, let's just take this as a whole new thing and let's train him for comrades and I'll run. Start from, it up again. I'll run from gun to gun as long as he can just experience what I experience. I think that would just be amazing. And yeah. I think so... With my whole experience with Dev, I think that just fueled me a bit. And let me tell you now but that what, I what was that experience though? Because I think we've we've missed a part. So, so we we obviously started with with training Tina. Yes. Okay. So Dave got let off the hook there because that that got swept under the rug very quickly. But just give us a bit of backstory, uh, a backstory in behind you and Dev. So how did you guys meet? We met um, at church. We met at church. Okay. He was making noise sitting behind me and I asked him to keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a great start. <laughs> great start. Uh, no shame, you know. And I know this sounds so cliche. I've literally loved him my whole life. So we were together, I think, about two and a half years. Grade 11, 12 matric or first mm. year like that. 
Period. So it was, it, your, it was your first love? My first oh, that's love. The worst. My first love. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Damn it, that's the worst. <laughs> and um, and he broke your heart. He broke my heart. You asshole. Get over here. But he fixed it. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, um, you, you, it's it's such a crucial time in, in your life. You think you know exactly what you want, what where you're going. And I'm out of school, so I'm independent. I'm studying. Older people don't have to tell me what I'm doing. And yeah. Dev, he played cricket academy up in Joburg, so it was constantly back and forth, back and forth. And then he eventually came home, and I was still busy studying. And then we decided, you know what, this is just not for us. And weight did come up. And at that age, we are sensitive to absolutely everything. But that's where I get my name from. Tina, okay, Tony, <laughs> yes. Tina, uh, Tina the Talking Tummy. Yes. That's, that was the reference from, uh, what is it? What's the movie? White Girls. White Girls. White Girls. Okay, and then, so... <laughs> Your weight loss journey, uh, obviously there's a there's an Instagram reel that you made of your transformation, which was pretty unbelievable. I mean, your transformation was was really epic. So when uh, when exactly <coughs> was that? Is that before you guys broke up or after you guys broke up? Straight after. I dived in. Was that your? Balls deep. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, I it's the only way to do it. What's <laughs> that, that revenge body or something? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then that's what kind of got you into running? Yeah. Eating healthy. Change of friends. Okay. Um, I Could you like to also go out and party kind of? That was my first step of therapy and I knew that was not me. Well, you're other people that you surround yourself with. Yeah, right? 100%. And, and I think that's why right now we have taken all of that away out of our lives and we've moved forward into a much smaller group because that is not who we are. And we don't ever want to be like that ever again. And we're in a more healthier environment now very much open like if i have something to say he hears it if he has something to say i hear it those are the best relationships though and i mean how do, how do you handle the the weight discussion now is it still something that uh, that you struggle with on a day-to-day basis or is it something that you've come to terms with and i mean you n- by no means overweight uh so it, i don't know h- how you feel about that still in, in your like if you haven't trained for so long now is that something that you know at the back of your head has been shit i need to get back into training otherwise you know training tina is <laughs> going to become <laughs> tina the talking tummy again 100 nick you've hit the nail on the head um it's it's in that subconscious it is now something that i've gone through and i it is a it's a healed wound but the scar is always there but i never ever think about it or it doesn't ever bring back memories but Getting myself where I need to on my own terms, I yeah. think, did fix a lot. But as a woman in society today, we are heavily judged what we wear, what we do, what we eat, what we say, um, how we feel. And not only by men, but by women too. I often think like, yo, I love this photo that Dev took of me. I can't put it on Instagram. And he's like, you look beautiful. And I'm just like, it's not what you think. It's what women think. And I'll be honest with you. I'm more petrified of what a girl has to think of me, of what a girl will have to say. By judgment. By judgment. And although I'm, I'm still trying to, to do better for myself every day, I mean, I don't want, I'm not aiming for perfect. I'm aiming for my, my perfect as, as Lauren. But I'm still worried to get judged in my journey. And as much as I've healed and as much as I try to motivate the kids in my class at such a young age, I mean, they 12, 13, I'm like, don't worry about girls. Don't worry about bullies. I tell them, like, it is a struggle. And I say, if you ever had to openly honest your parents, they struggle in their workplace. Do I look okay for the other woman to look at me in the office today? Because it is so real and it stems 
basically just from social media. If I think if social media had to go away, we would solve a hell of a lot of problems because... But yet you love social media. Yet I love social media. It gives me a kick, which it gives you a kick too. Who are you pointing at? <laughs> Nicholas. Oh, <laughs> clearly not me. <laughs> <laughs> this discussions have you had on the other side of the table. And, and I think it's very different though. I mean... Social media is, is, is dangerous because you can you can make it seem, you know, however you want it to be portrayed. So Absolutely. I think, you know, social media can also be a good thing. But then for I think I think it's really different for um, women. I mean that's one thing that like I don't have to worry about t- too much. Um, but I think what she's saying is also that, you know, when she started the whole process of healing, went through the whole phase of training for for others essentially <laughs> training because that's the societal measure that she needs to fulfill whereas now it's sort of come full circle where, where training is now f- for yourself yeah absolutely but you still have this element this like mosquito in the room hanging there yes is dev the mosquito definitely not <laughs> <laughs> okay just clarify no no he's he's definitely not in but fact let me tell you i wouldn't be where i am now if it actually wasn't for him dev I'm pushes saying. me he's literally my um unofficial coach but I mean, <coughs> you, you've done incredibly having started with that motive to then go from, from park run, from park run, a 5k to running comrades. And was, it was an up run that you yeah. ran. And you did that yeah. within the space of pretty much one year, Yeah, which is incredible. That's like, in, <laughs> I have no words for it. It's yeah. honestly incredible. The amount of people that, the amount of time it takes for people to get just comfortable with running that park run and running 5k just goes to show First of all, what, what we were having off the discussion we were having off air where you can pretty much put any shoe on and, and run in it and it feels fine. So it tells me that biomechanics are, are sharp. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we can name it, do a little name drop there. It's fine. But also, it tells me that you have such willpower. Yeah, to, you're, de- you're determined. <laughs> I'll give you that. There's a hell of a lot of determination there. Determination. To just keep going, because I mean, you run. I mean, you say that now 21 is sort of the distance that you that you enjoy the most. So to go double, uh, run a 56, and then decide, okay, well, I'm what's there. that? It's three months time. Let me just run comrades as well. That's that's incredible. And how how was that experience going from that 5k? Uh, like you say, you sort of have this goal that you want to achieve, and then that goal just sort of gets extended, extended, extended. And I mean, we haven't even gotten onto the the triathlon talk. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just start about talk about that year where you went from running a 5k to comrades how'd you do it passion yeah um with determination a bit of stupidity in there bit of stupidity and with my backstory that it was absolute feel and and i know i can sit now and joke and say it's revenge body i hope no woman in their life ever does that because your outcome will most likely never be what mine is be married happily to the person no you're a very rare case um but just just determination because I'd never done sports at school and I was like oh, shame why are you running on the road like you can ask someone for a lift like like you're stupid like what I've, are you running from <laughs> yeah what problems are you yeah. running from but yeah I, I just think motivation I had such an amazing crew um funny enough I actually still work with that lady uh, she's a teacher she is like shame she actually was like my I used to work in her class as a student teacher while I was going through the backstory and she was like, come run. And I'm like, no shame. <laughs> like we don't, I don't do that. I want to go home and like. It's funny how you do always need TV. that, um, that, that fundamental base of people to like get you into it. Like, I mean, where I came from was also, <clears throat> I got into it through Regents oh and wow. it, it was through my, my cousin who was going and like, I, w- I, I didn't run. 
I hated running. And, you know, you, you just need that encouragement and you need that group where you feel safe. And a lot of people get brought into into groups that kind of push them away from it, which is which is very sad. But yeah, I think starting off, it's very important to have, you know, a it's just that motivation. Like if yeah. you either have motivation that comes within, but a lot of people when they're starting out that they need that outside motivation, you know, they need that person to pick them up and say, look, we're meeting tomorrow at yeah. 5am. I still need it now. I mean, <laughs> that's what you need training partners for, you know, the amount of times that I would just sleep in bed, probably about seven, I probably wouldn't have achieved half of the things that I have managed to achieve in, in my running if it wasn't for the people I'm running with. Absolutely. And I can fully agree with that because so, and I think that's why I also love my job so much as, as a teacher, not only because I'm with the kids and I'm, I'm trying to show them through my experience, how to be a better person and not do what I, I did or, or learn from me. I'm especially teaching 12 and 13 year olds. You can kind of have conversations, not just take out the yellow crayon and color mm. in the sun yellow. Like, you know, I can actually teach them about, the real things in life and and be careful of these types of people but getting back to running so i would be with this woman at school and she'd be like come you must and i'm like no like i'm gonna be that person in the group she's like we will always make sure that you are safe with us and you know we're on the field so it was more like track so you're like mm, you, mm. doesn't matter if people lap you you know that you oh, <laughs> on the contrary no, that's what i tell everyone that wants to start out though i think track is the nicest thing to go to because like you say, it doesn't matter what pace you run. The worst thing is meeting up with people and feeling like you're going to get left behind on the road. And you're such a liability. Yeah. So, so that was how I was introduced. And I was like, hey, can I borrow a pair of shoes? Like, because now I'm not going to go invest in this. 3,000 pair of shoes. No, thank you. Yeah. And I, I can't even just get to checkers down the road. <laughs> so, and that's how it is. And, and I think that's why I relate running to my job so much because it's, it's, it's almost become like my safe haven. And as passionate I am is about teaching, as passionate I am is about doing running. And that's why I was like, give me cross country at school because I want these kids to shine that can't hit a ball, can't throw a ball in a hoop. Come to running. You don't need anything. You just need you and your and your soul mm. and, and passion. And you don't need anything else. I mean, if, if you can't even afford shoes on grass, you can run barefoot. But Do just come and express yourself in a completely different way where no one is judging you. We are all just running together. Do you find that kids hate running? Because I remember, oh, I remember running was my worst. Like, oh, everything about it. They hate it. But the moment that I put my shoes on, they will run right next to me. Mm. It's I, I think the whole culture around running has shifted, you know. When we were in school, yeah, it was a punishment. And there wasn't a culture that the running scene, I feel, just wasn't as, as niche as it is now. I think so many people are getting into running. They're figuring out that it's a healthy way. It's a cheap way to stay healthy. That's passing down into cheap. generation. <laughs> a, a, a cheap cheap way? No, well, <laughs> no, cheaper than golf. Well, Yes, cheaper than around, well, mostly cheap. I mean, you can get away with a, a cheaper pair of shoes if you want to. Some people run in barefoot. But yeah, the barrier to entry is, is small compared to other sports. I think parents are also a lot more encouraging. And because of that, I think, because parents are also getting into the sports and they're realizing the importance of sports. And it's, you know, kids nowadays, they do so many sports. They overload it. They're going from netball practice to hockey practice. Yeah. Like it, it's such a difficult schedule to manage including the schoolwork that they're doing and I'm sure it's something that you guys struggle with as, as teachers massively and I see it on my end as a bio I mean I know that kids can benefit from doing rehabilitation prehabilitation strength work from an early age you know from as early as like six or seven there's benefits to doing some level of strength and conditioning and 
where did where do they find the time for that? And there is how, no time. How important is your daily posture or life long posture? How much effect is that gonna have when you're fifty versus you know things that you're doing right now that aren't really irrelevant or hitting three practices a week of this sport and then going next practice, next practice, you know? Um, I think it's the culture is shifting, health is becoming mainstream and People want to be healthy. People want their kids to be healthier from an earlier age. So hopefully it's something that continues to shift and more kids get into running at an earlier stage, which is going to be great for South African running I, in general. I think we just found something that you're very passionate about, my friend. <laughs> Bro, I do this I every said, day. I want to hear you. at schools. I want to hear you. Please, we need to get you in an assembly, get some motivating motivation. <laughs> Come to my practice. I can fix your posture. I needed to motivate you like this before, comrades. Yeah, I got goosebumps. You'll be horrified if you walk into a class and see how the kids sit. You would. <laughs> I see it, Lauren. I see kids. They're always coming to see me with these postural problems, and their parents want me to help them. And I'm just like, you know, you can do exercises for half an hour a day. That's great. But you, if you sit incorrectly for eight hours of that day, you carry the bag on one shoulder. That's my posture. I mean, right now you're aware of it. You look like a prawn. But <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the best posture, okay. but still, like you know, it is something that I'm very passionate about because half the time you're handling people's injuries, even in their twenties, thirties, forties, sixties, seventies, because it's small things that they could have done better throughout their life that would have led them to having a healthier, longer life, more fulfilled life, doing things that they want to do till they're older. And don't we all want to do that? We want to yeah. find a passion and we want to follow that passion for a long time. Absolutely. So if you are listening to this podcast and you have a kid that is uh, suffering with uh, back pains or, or any sort of postural issues, please reach out to Nick because he will probably help them for free. But don't send me a six-minute <laughs> voice note because there'll be no <laughs> reply. Okay. But I want to I wanna pick up on what Lauren was saying in terms of what running was like a punishment. So that, now how do you turn that into a positive with the kids that you put on the track? So... Listen, I'm not trying to advertise ASICs here whatsoever. No, 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 <laughs> like, no, 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 you would never do that. <laughs> so, so just just a quick two-minute thing. So, I will not allow any of my students near my social media. It's one of my my things because they're like, "Ma'am, you you could have marked my books last night, but you were on Instagram." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had that before. Okay, <laughs> um, but so I I try bring a lot of my my running and what I do and how far it's got me to school um, and show them that, hey, um, I want to encourage you now where I only started at 19, but if you start now, you could be further than where I am. And I mean, I think I'm pretty happy and satisfied for where I am in the time frame that I've, I've had. So uh, I will always take my running shoes to school. I just think when I put myself in, in, in the chair of the child and be like, you must do this and you must do that. Okay, but why am I not doing it with you? And children learn by you doing it with them, then not just laying out an instruction or a command because they also learn through visual aid. So if, if I'm if I'm sitting with a skirt and heels on the field and I'm saying go, and for, go for three laps around the field and it can be like, you're not even dressed yeah. for this. And then I must expect the child to be also dressed properly for the practice. It needs It needs to start from the top. So I will change straight after school with the kids, put on my training clothes, and I'll be like, right, I've had a long day, you've had a long day, but now we start practice. And the people that have gone home because they're tired, let them go home, but we are just going to get better. If we just do two kilometers today, it's better than going home and sitting on the couch and eating a sandwich. Not that <laughs> our sandwich is bad. Yeah. So we fill up our water bottles, we walk across to the field, and we start. 
and doing it with the kids sometimes I don't want to be there either but I have to be there to show the kids that even in hard days it needs to be done because that is how we get better than the people that, that, that just go home though. that really is so when I don't reply to you Dave I'm with the kids <laughs> on the field I don't oh. complain I'm <laughs> do, doing incredible things with these kids honestly I think you know, motivating them from the front and being a role model to them is really, it's, it's incredible because as you say, you know, sports has given you such an identity. It's, it's identified what you love, the, 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 the things that you want in your life and you put those on the pedestal and you sort of chase them as you need. And I mean, your, your running career so far speaks for, for itself. You know, the amount of running that you have been doing, uh, the goals that you have achieved and doing your, your back-to-back comrade, or not back-to-back, but two comrades and we'll chat about this last comrades we will get onto that topic we want to hear about that i want to hear uh, yeah i think <laughs> i think everyone I wants to hear to about come. it i think <laughs> no, we all no. want to hear about it no, but, no. <laughs> but let's quickly briefly go from from that point you ran your first comrades you then got into triathlon and you didn't just tip your toe into triathlon i believe you went to to world champs yes tell us that change from from running to triathlon and now back to running i'm assuming you're not doing much more triathlons how, do, how what happened where and why why did you need a bike did you just want to spend money on a bike okay <laughs> damn, so, cyclists. <laughs> damn cyclists those arrogant people on the road <laughs> they really are though they just say hello hello, hello davy can, I, can I tell you why we're arrogant <laughs> because i know you're not going to drive into me oh. That's why, David. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to stop and explain. <laughs> you see why we're arrogant. <laughs> no, jokes aside, we are actually quite petrified on the road, but we can't show it. Um, so <laughs> after Comrades, um, I actually got on a plane and went to go work in the Middle East for two years. And I left Devon at home for two years. Yes. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually our deciding factor if we were you could make it. If we were gonna make it. I said, I'm going, I'm not cancelling my contract. And if you really do love me, you will visit me. You will spend money, thousands, and come visit me. And I'm sure um, golf is expensive in the Middle East. <laughs> he did play golf in the Middle East while <laughs> I went to work. I'm sure he did. <laughs> and um yeah, I w- you know when you when you're in the Middle East, you have nothing besides your your clothes. To be quite honest with you, um, I took my running shoes and I got a bicycle still at home, and I decided to go over. And it's so safe there, so I got riding and riding and riding and riding and riding. And then in the Middle East is a very 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 distinct line between going to pubs and bars because it's all done behind closed doors and athletes those people never mix it's it's actually quite scary I can never explain it but if you are someone that doesn't do sports I won't mix with you because you have you want to it's a different scene it is completely a different scene and um I was like, well, I don't want to spend my money drinking. And I mean, it's hell of expensive. So I found a running group and I was like, okay, I'm just going to join these other Westerners. Most of them were like um, from the UK. So, I mean, also we both Western, but we don't really have anything in common besides we are all lonely um, because everyone's like left their partners and come to the Middle East. So I started running and and most of it is, is sand. So it's now a whole new terrain that I was environment and hot so it's funny enough it's not hot it's it's dry but it's not that Joburg nosebleed dry it's do you understand what I'm trying to say it's like it's weird it's it's lovely 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 it's just like 
it's and it's not humid, so you're not you're not sweating that uncomfortable. You just you need sunglasses and a hat. Okay, and like, <laughs> you know, I couldn't run in a sleeve like this. It had to be a long sleeve, long tight. So I mean. I mean, as a woman in the Middle East, yes, I have to cover up. So, I mean, you had all these factors, but I was just like, this is amazing. I'm going to dive in like head first and get involved. And then I saw there was Iron Man Oman and I was like, wow, the ocean here is flat. Uh, the you used to swim in school a little I, bit. I could, I could swim at school and um, I know how to ride a bicycle. So I was <laughs> like, get training, get training. And then because it is so safe there, in the mornings before work, I'll jump on the highway and it just goes that way and that way so i just ride that come sounds home. lovely yeah it's just like it's crazy so um yeah i entered and i did really well and then that was 2019 and my contract ended in 2019 so i had to come home first and then finish my training in south africa and then head over to france in that getting a job and working in south africa so it was a whole big shambles um, this was the moments before COVID actually hit South Africa. I think COVID only hit 2020. In March 2020. Yes. Yeah, so we were still like in the safe zone. So um, yeah, I came home and I obviously had to train hell of a hard running and swimming and cycling. And that's when actually Dev jumped on, got a bike and was just training with me because now now it was a safety issue because I couldn't just get on a bike and go do th- things as freely as I was doing in the Middle East. And yeah, that's how I got to doing triathlons. But I mean, when did you realize you you were pretty good? <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a difference between putting some, you know, get, I, getting I a bike, going and and riding, and going to world champs. That that's two different like it, it worlds. Is. So how did that work? Um, I, I I hate speaking about myself, but I I think I'm very goal driven, and I'm I think the word is thick headed. So if I'm <laughs> If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And this is where social media comes in. If I say something on social media, I'm like, I'm, I have to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I want to do this. So now I've let people know. And also it's a bit of accountability. Like I've put it out there. I'm training for it and I'm going to go for it. And and I'm, I, I just won't back down. And I think that's also probably where... I am today. Yeah, well, exactly. I was going to lead to that because I think that accountability that you make to the general public, was that a factor uh, at Comrades this year? Was that one of the reasons? I mean, talk to us about the build-up to Comrades because, I mean, it looked like you weren't very well the week (laughs) of Comrades. And you made that public knowledge. (laughs) I made it very much public knowledge. Um, So, yeah, uh, going back to... All my, all my training, I, I will say, if I had not been with Dev, I, I wouldn't have achieved half the things that I have achieved now, even finishing Comrades. Dev seconded me the whole way with his stepdad on an adventure bike, and he was there at my beck and call, rubbing down, rubbing my back, shoving food, shoving liquids, off you go, I will see you at the next point. And I was expecting to see him the next point, but he would make sure he could see me between that just to make sure that I was going and yeah. sticking to what I needed to do. Um, I think he is more driven in through me in my sport. I mean, I'm driven in my sport, but I think he is more determined to, to push me and go, but he will let me do it and not be like, well, I'm going to run with you. I want to experience it through you mm. because he knows the potential. And, and I almost like... 
the, his sister actually recorded. She actually has a video. I took my comrade's medal off and I actually put it around Dev. I was like, it's actually your oh, medal. Wow. It's actually oh, not my medal. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put your medal on me. My boy, you already had two <laughs> around your neck. Come, Come on, on, bro. I was only th- that now. You don't need a third. <laughs> Might as well. So, but then now, okay, talk us through your training for comrades. So your training went really well. You were, you were on track. Hey Nick, did you know that it's a cool idea to eat a nutritious diet packed with loads of fiber? Oh yeah? Yeah, you should Google it using Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions. I hear they've been voted number one internet service provider for customer service. Yeah, and you'll get hold of them faster than the fiber can work through your system. Um, so, um, I know there's a, a running coach here, but I don't believe I need one. <laughs> <laughs> Me you neither. Got, you got your coach there. He rides, he rides on the bike with you. That's like the best coach. Okay, so I had a coach for two and a half years actually leading up for um, Ironman. Ryan Schmidt, I don't know if you guys know him. Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. No, okay, no. so he's from Cape Town. He, he did my whole triathlon program and I literally documented that thing. If I've got for two years, I've got programs coming out of my ears. So for swimming, cycling, running. And Was I've that the full Ironman? No. Okay. No, that is my goal, but right now it's been postponed. So yeah, I've taken those programs and I've modified, modified them because I, I mean, I, I would honestly love to have a coach again. Like I'm not just saying it because you're right here, but I, I do believe, I think I would go that extra step further, but Without a doubt, without a doubt, Lauren. I mean, I don't know. If you if you're pretty self motivated and you've got a plan that you're following, you don't need a coach. You need a coach if you don't know what you're doing. A, B, if you need that outside motivation or someone to bounce ideas off of. But I mean, you don't necessarily need a coach to bounce ideas off of as well. You know, you you can have a trusted individual that knows enough about you and what you're yeah, trying I to suppose, achieve. Yeah, I suppose. But if you're hitting but a pla- if you're hitting a plateau, then I mean, yeah, if, if you're hitting a plateau, but she's clearly not hitting any plateaus. Are is you she? hitting a plateau? <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> so, so tell us. I'm also very um, a top personality, so I, I set a month. Like, obviously, giving here and there, like things happen because we are both not driven in the same sports, there has to be give and take. You want to play golf today, 100%. I have to give it to you because you've just let me do everything for five days of the week. But I'm very determined to to get to this goal. And I, I, I do bounce things off other athletes that are in my, my range. Like I'd never ask you, hey, what are you doing for track tomorrow? Because that's just... Because you already know it's on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Well, firstly, it's on Instagram, but I'll never hit those targets. So I'll speak to people that are in my range and I'll be like, okay, you're doing this. I'll be like, okay, and I had this. So let me try and incorporate that three weeks down the line. So every six weeks, I I have a re-look at my my schedule and see, okay, I was hitting these. Now I need to go to this step, then this step. Then I'll I'll change things. And I love gym. And I, I definitely think Jim has been my... my yeah, your training program, I mean, I followed that. And you do, obviously you do a lot of gym work and you also do a lot of treadmill work. And, uh, and I all love the treadmill. I, s- I swear by the treadmill. Yeah, which is interesting. Hey, do you do long runs on the treadmill? Long runs. What's your take on that, Nick? Treadmill running. I, I've done a fair amount of treadmill running in this Comrades build-up. Eh? No, we, bo- we both, oh. I mean, I cast and bought the treadmill. <laughs> And I and want it. <laughs> <laughs> Kath ended up buying a treadmill, and I ran on that thing. But 
I think if you don't have an option of running outside, a treadmill is a perfect replacement. Also, uh, some people prefer being on a treadmill because, you know, you can just focus, you can zone in, and you can control Netflix, things that you're doing yeah. a hell of a lot more. You can listen to things, you can watch things. Is it uh, harder on your body or, or easier? It's hard, depending on the treadmill. It depends on the type of treadmill that you have. If you've got like a normal treadmill where you're pressing the buttons and the speed picks up, it's, it's quite a, it's a harder impact on the body. You also... The, your running form changes slightly because if you think about it, when you're running on the yeah, road, yeah, 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 you're pulling sure. the road, uh, whereas you can put the treadmill at a specific speed and if you've got enough time, if you spend enough time in the air with each step of the way, essentially you can keep up a faster mm. speed than you mm. would be able yeah. to on the road, but that increases what you call your vertical oscillation. So it's the amount of bounce that you have. So people on the treadmill bounce a fair amount more and because of that bounce, you spend more time hitting the ground harder. There's, there's, Chances of like, say like your shin splints, those types of lower leg type issues yeah, do sure. happen. But you know, there's nothing wrong with running on the treadmill. And also what, what Lauren is explaining throughout this whole process is that she's very in tune with her body yeah. and what her body needs, what it requires. And I think if you have that and you have a general idea of what your training needs to take on, you don't need... Uh, to be you know a brain surgeon to be able to put that together but so many of us are so far removed from how our body feels you and don't want to face the facts don't want to face I'm, the facts I mean, I'm there. and that's where you didn't have someone else to to assist you and guard you but there's nothing wrong with running on the treadmill but i mean obviously your training went went well At right till the end right till the end to, to to a degree if it's raining i don't run i'll run on the treadmill because i, I can't get sick Okay, but so, so what happened? So, so obviously I, I got sick two weeks before comrades and I didn't run. I, I still have my... When you were on antibiotics. And was it just flu? Um, w w We assumed, I mean, we all just assume it's it's flu. I went to the doctor. I had and your doctor said you can't, you, you're okay to run comrades if as long as you don't get any worse. Davey, don't Davey, let the story, so let the story come okay. out. I had all my vitals checked. I got the green light to run. This was the week of comrades like the school week um he booked me off got home so i went back to work on the friday and i was still barking and i was sent home but i was given the green light all my vitals were completely fine and i had to get checked on the monday after after but this was obviously before yeah. comrades and um and when did you finish your antibiotics because i want to ask friday. this i want to get the idea friday. of it because i think there's so many people that would have faced a scenario like that. Let's face it, you at the peak of your training, your immunity is at its lowest. I have not been sick you, the whole training block. If you are going to pick up a sickness or anything or a bug, you're most likely going to pick it up in that taper flu week that Davey likes to call it. And uh, I had it bad. <laughs> Davey had it bad. And, you know, it, it's common. But now you go on antibiotics, uh, you hope you're going to be fine. You get a green light from the doctor. You finish, your you finish your antibiotics two days before comrades. Were you feeling better? If I look back now to face reality, I don't think I was feeling better, but the adrenaline through my body was a complete plaster over everything, over my... But you were bleak, eh? I was completely bleak. I was back and forth <laughs> to, to say a very, like dreadful thing. If things had to go wrong, my last conversation would have been a fight with my mom on, on the phone her complaining that don't run because she's mm. a nurse so she sees the worst and um, she's like lauren you can die and i was like mom it's never gonna happen to me like get over yourself that would have been our last conversation so now i'm on the other side and i'm like mm. mom we're like why didn't you duck tell me she's like well i, I did yeah. like you know so so you didn't lose a toenail but i nearly lost my life tell us about that what <laughs> happened that's the caption of this episode didn't yeah. lose a toenail 
We lost. Oh, how many did you lose? <laughs> I lost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> ten toenails. You've got ba- baby ten toenails. Ten. All ten have gone, eh? But you know what? Bold. They're going to regrow stronger. That's what I believe. Because the other ones are too weak. I don't know they're if gone. it works like that with no, nails. I don't know if they ever no. grow back. You're probably just going to have little bald toes <laughs> for the rest of their lives. You know what? Someone said to me, I'm evolving. My toenails <laughs> cannot keep up <laughs> with my running. You're going to be and lighter. My, and my, bo- <laughs> exactly. my body is saying these things are, ke- are slowing us down. We don't need them. Just get rid of them. Next thing you'll Plantar fascia is going to turn to carbon <laughs> fiber. <laughs> yes. okay. I will do that surgery. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I want to ask you a quick question because Dev and I have been back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> because I was out two weeks, so I hit training to the absolute like peak, and then obviously two weeks before I did, did nothing. Did nothing. No, you're fine. So, so I didn't taper. Does that have? A take on Comrades Day. So you did taper. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> tapered to the extreme <laughs> level of tapering. So um, we've been back and forth in this conversation. We did you believe lose fitness? Is that what you're Not asking? necessarily well, fitness, but you do. Race sharpness, I would say. I mean, I went here yeah, to there. Yeah. So I had a very similar situation, and I want to just touch on that because I, I believe that it affected my Comrades experience a little bit. Uh, like three weeks before Comrades, I picked up a little bit of a hip niggle, and I was just managing my hip for three weeks, essentially, like trying to get a go ahead, go for like a 5K run and be in pain and be off for like another three days. It was the most frustrating thing. Um, but, you know, having having slowly worked through it, I was 100% fine on Comrades there. I had no hip pain. But what I'm getting to is... You know, it's difficult to say how much fitness exactly is lost, but they reckon for every two weeks of no training, you're pretty much losing about a month of training that you gain. Having said that, if you do very bare minimum work uh, for that two weeks, it, and bare minimum can even go f- go for a 20, walk. 20, 30K is kind of... Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit more than bare minimum. But yeah, if you had to do three runs a week, even two runs a week, you can maintain that fitness. Unless you did nothing. And you did nothing. So you would have lost essentially a bit of fitness. There's no doubt. And uh, not only that, you would have lost like sharpness. So you would have gone running. And, you know, after a long break, that first run never feels quite as good. And that first run would have been the 90Ks at Comrades. So <laughs> it couldn't have felt really good. And yes, you may have been riding on an adrenaline, but that only would have lasted for a couple of hours. And I mean, you ran nine, a 9.30? 9.29. 9.29. Oh, dare you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But yeah, so, you know, you, you were out there for a hell of a long time fighting those demons for a hell of a long time. Uh, so I definitely think you would have lost a little bit of fitness, mostly some running sharpness, but not to the point where it would have affected your overall performance by a massive amount. I mean, you'd done the bulk of the training, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's certainly not ideal circumstances, but it often isn't ideal circumstances. And that's how, as athletes, we need to I think learn from the things that happened in the past. Unfortunately, sickness you can't do anything about. But I, I think you've learned from from your sickness. But Absolutely. Tell us about the day. I want to know, like, on the day, how did you feel when you went out for that run? Did you feel like your chest was still tight? Did you? I mean, because those are things we tell runners. You know, if you're if it's below your throat, you you shouldn't be running. You know. Uh, so that's that. Where were you with that? So that that was the whole the stethoscope on my chest. He's like, it's above, so you you're good to go. So I was like, yeah, I'm good to go. Um, I, I will be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I wasn't good to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So I was told by one of nine doctors that saw me in hospital that your your short-term memory can be lost through trauma 
no joke, I do not remember Comrades Day. I blogged it for my YouTube, but I can't tell you exactly what happened. I know I crossed the finish line and I look back and that was it. And I, I passed urine sitting at the bucky at the car and it was not normal. What do you mean you passed urine? Like you open the door and you squat because there's nowhere else where you can uh, go okay. and it, it was blood. <laughs> Come so on, how we? David. Passed urine. I, I am on speaker, so <laughs> I'm going to be like a little bit professional. Okay. Very ladylike. <laughs> and um, it was not normal. And then, yeah, we went home and... Was it like brown? What do you say? Yeah, it's it's like got blood in it, so it's it's your kidneys. So that's that's where so your um, the condition is rab rhabdomyosis. Rhabdomyosis, and yes. it's known as rhabdo. Yes, but it's very common in CrossFit yeah. athletes. I actually have had it before myself, but this wasn't from it was from it was from overtraining in a certain element. But it was actually stupid. There was this one guy that wanted to show me how strong these electrical impulse machines were. <laughs> so he put me in one of those suits. You know, I'm not going to name the place that I went to. But body, body he, fit. No, the, yeah. but 24. No. No, so, so, anyways, he puts me in the suit <laughs> and he's now like, because obviously he knows that I've got patience and he's like, you know, even your stroke patients could deal with this. I'm like, I'm not too sure about <laughs> you that. Ramp it up. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> ramping this thing and it's literally just knob that he's just turning and I'm just seeing this thing going and your arms just go spaz and now you're having to hold your arms because otherwise you literally turn into a spaz. That's how strong the contraction is. But, you know, we can't contract 100% of our muscles as individuals. Our brain doesn't allow it because that's our muscle damage happens but this machine can do that <laughs> and now you literally are trying to squat against your own legs trying to keep you straight <laughs> but anyways i could not sit on anything for five days my wee was dark coke colored for like a week and i had no idea what was happening at the time but that's essentially one of the things that you suffered uh, the other being the kidney issue. Kid you went into kidney failure because of the rhabdomyosis. Dave, do you want to come in on the spe uh, on the on the mark? Because I I want to get the story of the day. I mean, yeah, did she complain throughout the day? Yeah, Lauren just admitted she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember. So, so can just we slide the mark further forward? Yeah, I basically yeah. had to piece together Lauren's day for her once she was <laughs> complimentous in the hospital. I basically had to give her a rundown of what happened on the day, how it happened, how I saw it, at least from my point of view. You should have told her she won. Well, Baby, you won. I, I didn't want to like get her hopes up too much, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, so I, I was doing most of the communicating with the doctors and the nephrologist. Lauren was not out of it, but she was always just very like tired and sleepy and run down. I mean, from finishing comrades, admitted to hospital at midnight or what, probably 1 or 2 a.m. on Monday morning. She didn't eat for five days. Um, <laughs> she was just drinking fluid, which, I mean, okay, they put her onto RV fluid because she couldn't hold down fluid. So she had no food for probably five days. So, I mean, five days behind on calories would probably make you quite tired most of the time. After having spent how many calories on rest After day? After having yeah. probably Deficit. burnt like 9,000, 10,000 <laughs> calories in the space of nine hours. Um <laughs> faulty race anyway comrades but anyway <laughs> we won't get onto that yeah so i mean lauren's day didn't go bad in terms of the actual didn't, run it didn't go bad Lauren. Well, i mean yeah. the, the race itself at least let's say that i mean what was your goal target 930 there you go but was there signs during the day the, well i mean at when we got through winston park when lauren got through winston park <laughs> i didn't get through winston we park see? i was waiting <laughs> Winston Park's um, like 60Ks in. Yeah, Winston Park, Lauren said to me, I'm cramping, I'm sore. So I was like, okay, you're obviously suffering a little bit. I was like, food, 
electrolytes, water, just chug it all or whatever. Coming down Fields Hill, you looked pretty broken and sore. And I mean, Fields Hill on sore legs is already a bit of a punishment. So I, I knew at that point she was sore. But I mean, I, went, I was tracking her on, obviously, the Comrades app in between the stops that we were seeing her. So I was checking her pace. And she was slowing a little bit, which is kind of what we had expected and predicted. But she wasn't stopping, slowing down, like, in a big way. So I was like, okay, she's still doing all right. I was tracking that she was still on time to do sub 9.30 or at least 9.30 on the dot. So the, the race itself, there weren't any big hiccups, big problems, big issues sure. in terms of that. I mean, the, the run itself was, was I wouldn't so, say your best, but it, it was fine. So there wasn't um, any red flags, that's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, for her to end up in ICU for the amount of time that she did and almost lose her life to it, there wasn't a massive red flag that, you know, you thought she needs to come off the road, but no, she carried on. 100%. I mean, the only time I actually started stressing was when we were home. We'd sure. Lauren walked out of the stadium fine. Okay, fair. I, I yeah. carried her over that stupid bridge that goes <laughs> over NMI Avenue because who makes comrades runners do that? But anyway, we got home. She was fine. She was obviously sore. She kept saying to me, I want to sleep. I want to sleep. So I was like, okay, fine. She had a shower, bath or whatever. And I just kept trying to give her fluid. But it only the only time I really started getting worried was probably like 10 p.m. where any time I would give her a substantial amount of fluid, she would just vomit. Um, she couldn't hold fluid down and she was just tired, wanted to sleep and whatnot. So she woke up at like midnight to vomit and I was like, hey, that's it. We're going in. Yeah, straight to the trauma unit. So, yeah, I mean, it was the race itself. There was no real red flags. Wasn't such. There wasn't right, anything. That must that have been terrifying, though, for you. Hey? I mean, Lauren, you're going through it, but you're I a mean, passenger. Yeah. <laughs> so my understanding to this whole rhabdomyosis situation is, correct me, anyone at the table, there's as you're trying to rehydrate someone, the toxins in their bodies also whatever's coming in, it just needs to evacuate the body as well because it believes it's a toxin as well. So as much as Dev or whoever is trying to get their person to rehydrate, you're actually causing this problem to get worse and worse because as the fluids are going in, it's telling the body that it's a toxin, so it needs to, to get, get, out the, it. get out the system, which is just making the, the issue worse. And I think at that stage now, because there's absolutely nothing in my system, that's what just led me to get weaker and weaker. I mean, to the point where now my kidneys are failing and they're at 8%. That's when everything was just going absolute haywire. And in hospital, the nephrologist said to Dev that the last resort would be dialysis. And I think the next day he came to Dev and was like, we need to go on. We are going for dialysis. What, what We're is going dialysis? for. It's when they flush your system, uh, your kidneys, sorry. Uh, they flush your blood. Flush your blood, sorry. So they basically hook you up to a big machine that operates as, as your a kidney. massive kidney. It pulls the blood out of. So they put a port into. Your green. No, it's it's called the <laughs> hemorrhoid vein or something. I don't know. Someone will know what it's called. Anyway, they put this massive, it's like a tumor wide tube up this long vein in your groin. Mm. They pull your blood out the body and they filter it and flush it and they take fluid in or put fluid, take fluid out or put fluid in, whichever process they need to do, and then pump it back into your body. So it's basically like connecting your body to a big filter, i.e. a big kidney. Yeah, and the nephrologist said Lauren would need hopefully one session to bring her toxin levels back down. But the first session did nothing. The levels sure. kept going up. So he said to me, okay, we're going to do another three-hour session and hope that that sorts it out. 
the second three hour session slowed them down from increasing. Um, and then he said, we'd need to do another session. The third session plateaued her levels and showed signs that they'd probably start coming down slowly. So he said he's, he's happy there. The rest of it she should be able to do on her own. They were just pumping her full of IV fluid. Um, I mean, she was probably up to like four and a half liters of IV per day. And the biggest thing with the nephrologist, he's like, I don't care about anything else that you do. You just need to pass urine. That was his biggest thing. He's like, we're pumping you full of fluid. You just need to pass urine because that's showing us that your kidneys are going to start flushing everything. So I think it was probably a day after your last dialysis session that your so urine how many days was that up. in? So the first dialysis session was on the Wednesday evening, straight off oh, the first Wednesday after comrades. Yeah, so day one, two, three in hospital that evening. Oh. I think 10 or 11 o'clock was your first set of session of dialysis. The second session was the day after, and the third session was the following morning. So yeah, the last session of dialysis was on the Friday, week after comrades. So, sure. I, and I mean, did they figure out what the cause of the kidney failure was? I mean, could it have been a, a combination of the antibiotic and the strain? So, or? so this is the funny question. So I picked up pneumonia now in the hospital because now it's just... Oh, your immune system is on vacation. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it is indirectly affected from being sick. But this is where we wanted to know with not tapering and putting your body into that state of shock from going from absolutely nothing for two weeks to an, literally an extreme race from yeah, doing nothing. Yeah. Does that have an effect now? I mean, it definitely can. It definitely can. So we have not been given the exact root cause from... Well, technically, what the nephrologist said is what caused the kidney failure was the toxin in the blood called myoglobins. So he said the body generating that can be a direct cause of the rhabdose, obviously the severe muscle breakdown that pushes those toxins in. He said he's never seen numbers like Lauren's before where... so this myoglobin is pretty much present in every body. It's a toxin, but I mean, it's there. Your, your kidneys sort of keep it in check. But a normal person's level is about 150. He said a comrade's runner after completing the race would probably be around about 900. Lauren's myoglobin level is at like 70,000. <laughs> so when he got that back in the first Jeepers. set of bloods, he was like, okay, this is trouble a, a bit of a shit show at this point and that's when he was like up fluid see if the kidneys will kick back in on their own her creatinine and her urea levels in the blood were the two markers that he was most worried about that's obviously just side effects of yeah. all the nonsense going yeah. on um and when that didn't start to plateau or come down and the myoglobin level is still through the roof he said okay we need to do dialysis that's the only way we're going to get it right now if your body's not doing it on its own we need to sort it out and give it a bit of a kickstart to get it going. And you were in ICU, so you were pretty critical. Yes, you, it was, you almost died. I'm, um, I'm telling you, there's a few moments that I remember in in hospital. I mean, we actually had quite good laughs. I mean, you think no one laughs in ICU. Some patients are quite entertaining when they're on morphine. Was, was there any other comrades around his day? <laughs> no, Saint Augustine's had them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's not joking. <laughs> no, uh, my nephrologist was actually a Saint Augustine's nephrologist as well. So he was between me and the rest oh, of I Durban. I'd be interested to know the number of people that end up in hospital. That's probably a very high number. High number, and people but don't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I put on my social media is because people need to know about rhabdo. I, I mean, I've been training. I think I know quite a lot about 
what can happen. I never in my life knew about this word, rhabdomyosis. It is extreme, um, and I just think it's so good for people to know exactly what it is. And to the point that we we are not stronger than our bodies. Um, I think that's one thing I walk away through this whole thing is we can be stronger than our thoughts. Like, I'm going to do this. But you mm. know, when your body says no, it's no. And I think that's the biggest thing is my body just gave me another chance. And I, I mean, the, the recovery process has been a long recovery process. You're talking so now, you still haven't even gone for your first run yet. We were talking about how you're literally going to have to start from, from park run again. Served you well in the past. So <laughs> I think it's going to lead to a good, strong and healthy road. But talk to us about the process of recovery just briefly, you know, just touching points on like simple things. Like you say, Dave used to had to help you with so much of it at first. Uh, is it how debilitating was it um from still in hospital i mean i was bed bathed i was fed we did physio in the bed um there was no chance i could do it at the bed and then i was on a walker being assisted i'd literally walk to the door and back and that was it did you record any of this for youtube i I did yes if you want to go watch it follow follow lauren on instagram training tina and then your youtube channel is there because i'm i'm very interested to watch that so I'm actually doing all my recording for YouTube on Friday. Yeah, I was like, so you had a good practice today. Yes. <laughs> but I think the moral of the story is that, as you said, the road is going to be there tomorrow. The road or trail is going to be there tomorrow, but you might not be. Absolutely. <laughs> and Drop that mic. And you know, before I would have been like, absolutely. And, and people need to know this. And now I can laugh and, and I, can, I can say it because I was there. Like, I remember standing in the staff room at school on the Friday and everyone's like, Lauren, please. And, and you know, it's yeah. all the moms. Like, you know, don't run. Like, And you're just like, just mind your own business. Mind your own business. Like, focus yeah, on your own Let me live children. my life. Yes, and I'm like, going to do this. Why don't you go train for comrades? And you know, it's always someone else's story. Like, it's never going to happen to me. I've mm. been training. I'm healthy. And Until it happens kip, to you. So it happens. Over here. It can happen to anybody. Absolutely. But... I, I, I never want to, again, use this as a, as a negative or complain why I cannot do something again. I'm not the person to, to show my doctors up and be like, ah, we'll run comrades next year. That's not, that's not my goal. But I want to show people that you can recover from absolutely anything. I might not be or have the numbers that I, I had before comrades, but I sure as hell I'm going to have shoes on my feet and I'm going to run. Damn might straight. not be comrades but it'll definitely be another ultra <laughs> somewhere along the line. <laughs> well, I think, you know, there's a lesson learned there and, you know, a, a running journey is never going to be a straightforward one. It's never going to be one that just keeps on going from strength to strength. I think disappointment is a big part of the journey or failure in a way or your body giving up on you. Uh, you know, it's just about how we learn from those situations. We overcome them. We become stronger individuals, both physically and mentally. And I think you're a true example of that. What what you have done throughout your entire running career, so to speak, you know, even what you do with your kids at school. And it's you're just leading from the front. You're an example to the to the society that follows you. That's so what she's called a front runner. <laughs> Essex front runner. Essex front runner. All right. Well, there, there, there we have it. It's been, it's been a real pleasure having you on here, Lauren. You know, it's you Thank know, you. I've seen a lot about you, and it's actually nice to have that conversation face to face and and get to hear this incredible story that you have. Keep on inspiring people. I think you're doing an incredible job, and we are eagerly watching that comeback. 
it's going to be there. But my, my biggest thing, like, and I, you know, it's always so hard to put things into words and especially what you experience because no one is there. It's always a story and be like, don't over-exaggerate. And I, and I never ever want to ex- over-exaggerate, but I want people to know that don't worry if you don't do the race now. Mm. You have your whole life. And I know life is short and I experienced that firsthand that, for instance, like you're saving up for the future you might not even get your future, but in in the in the in the racing world, if you don't do this race now, you're not a failure. You have next year, you have next month. If you don't get your goal this month, it is completely fine. There are so many factors that can throw you out, but it does not mean that you per se are a failure. And and I wish I could take my own advice a month ago. Yeah, I, I just I just want people to know, like, just listen to yourself. I know it is such a fine line, but you have to listen to yourself, listen to your gut. And just, just also l- take in what people are saying in, around you and just know that no matter what you've put your mind to, yes, you will achieve it, but it doesn't always have to be to the timeline that, that you put. that strict timeline. That strict timeline. You will get there no matter when, but when you get there, you are a winner no matter what. Well, you certainly can't get there without your body. I'm telling you. <laughs> so <laughs> respect you. it. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, guys. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool ideas. It's the best idea. And they are voted number one internet service provider for their customer service. But don't take our word for it. Try it for yourself. Visit their website, www.coolideas.co.za and check coverage for your area. Do it now.